Hello and welcome to Pending Moderation, if this is your first time, and welcome back if you're joining us again. Uh, I'm Mark, and as usual, I'm joined by my buddy Phil. Hi, Phil. Oh, oh hi, Mark. <laughs> All right, today's topic is games, past, present, and future. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss some of the games of like our past, uh, so growing up, uh, what games we played, things that left an impression on us, some of our favorite games from when we were younger, um, and then we'll move into games, like present games, so games we're playing now or have recently played and enjoyed, or favorite games that we keep going back to even now. So some games we might, you know, mention in past and present, you know, um, that's fine too. Um, and then we're going to also talk about uh, some future games. So basically things that we're waiting for, things that we haven't played yet that we want to play, things that are coming soon, uh, what our expectations are of those games, um, and then also maybe sequels and games and things that we would like to see. Um, and just, you know, our opinion in general on, or discussion in general on, you know, what, what the future of gaming might look like and some of the cool things to, to look out for. So while preparing for this, uh, we ended up with a little bit of a problem, which is that there's just so many great games. Uh, so I have quite a long list. I'm not going to talk about every single game in detail because we'd be sitting here forever. Um, there's just, there just are simply too many great games. And as I'm like scrolling through, you know, when I was researching or, or preparing for the, uh, for this podcast, I went through like, I don't know, a thousand four hundred odd of Metacritic's best games. And I realized there's so many of them that I've already played and it's just, it is just too vast of a topic. So we'll have to come back and visit these things in more detail in another episode. But for now, we're just going to try and stick to favorites, games that made a good impression on us. And yeah, that's where we're going <laughs> to try and keep it at. Um, if you guys would like to get hold of us or if you'd like to give input or anything, you can go to Podbean. That's where we're hosting from. And you can leave a comment or interact with us there. We'll put some links in the description. And then lastly, just remember to check out Phil's Saturday streams, uh, um, usually featuring me as well. Uh, at the moment, we're messing around with Path of Exile while we wait for the new Minecraft update. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's get the ball rolling. Uh, Philly, how did you get into gaming and what was the first game you remember playing? Oh, wow. Uh, how did I get into gaming? Well, I've always been technology minded. So I would always play around with computers and I'd play around with different things like that. And with games, I actually first got into it through, I think it was a Game Boy, a Game Boy that someone brought to my school and it had Pokemon Yellow on it. And at this point, we were watching the anime. The anime was still relatively new at that point. And he brought this, this Game Boy to school with Pokemon Yellow on, and I went, oh, wow, I want to play that. So I started playing with it, and there was one issue. The game was entirely in German, right? But at least I know that Donderskok means Thundershock, and so I used Thundershock as many times as I could, and at that point I also realized that, po that Pikachu is a pretty crappy Pokemon, and that launched into my foray of looking at different types of games. And it's not just limited to computer games. Um, I've played console games. 
I've played um, tabletop games. I even played card games as well. But games is just something that has been a part of my life since that point. And each year I would make sure that I'm discovering a new game or that I'm checking out a new genre or just, you know, looking at something new. And as my knowledge of technology grew, I was also able to build better rigs to handle better, com better computer games. And it's just, the better my computer was, the better the games I could play. And I have been satisfied more than once by a certain game that I have been playing. And I will discuss them over here on this, this podcast in brief. It might not seem in brief, but this <laughs> is brief. <laughs> and Mark, you? That's perfect. Uh, so you say your first game that you remember playing was basically Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. All right, cool. That that that's 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 decent. Uh, so, yeah, I was also kind of very interested in technology and things like that. And I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if I started playing with like one of these little Tetris things that my dad bought me when I was like really young, or if I started with the computer first. Um, it might have been the computer first because I remember around the times of like dos i wanted to play this lion king game that i'd like played at my uncle's house i think or at one of those I know places that game. and I, know um, that game. I literally went to a bunch of people's uh offices and asked them for their like old computers and old computer parts and stuff like that and i built a computer out of those spare parts basically um and then on that computer i played Lion King, and that's the first sort of really g game that was like really impactful that I can sort of distinctly remember. Like I was playing that. I also remember like other kids had like Pokemon, Game Boys, and and things like that at school and stuff like that. But like we didn't have in my house. Like we didn't have. We played outside. <laughs> like there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't Game Boys and consoles and things like that. Um, that only came sort of when I got into high school or so, and like I had like some pocket money and can do and could like negotiate my parents a little bit better. That I managed to sort of get into other games. <clears throat> so um, just to sort of jump into this, I don't know. I can list a couple of the games that I played like when I was really young that sort of got me into gaming. So I remember obviously this Lion King game. Then I also remember that my uncle gave me like an ancient Donkey Kong, like, op like Nintendo, like little flip open thing. So it was only Donkey Kong on this little handheld device thing. But I played the shit out of that. I played it so much. That and this Tetris game. So I was like really into, into those two. And then when I finally had a computer, I started getting into, you know, um, when, when I finally had like a Windows computer. Then I started playing Croc. I remember Croc was like one of the big games I played a lot of. And then obviously um, it was still in the time of arcades. So like game arcades are pretty like common. So I would play uh, like Pac-Man at arcades. I'd play like Tekken, Street Fighter. Um, and then one of the games um, that I played that I loved so much. Like I got so good at this game as a kid that I would play, put one credit in, and I could play through the whole game with one credit. And then, w if you play through the game, it would cycle back, and your credit would still be in the machine. So then you could play the second level, the second playthrough 
as well. And then if you played through that playthrough, you could play through a third playthrough. So we got so good at that game that we could play through multiple uh, playthroughs of the game with one credit. Um, Dynamite Cop, such a great game. <laughs> so yeah, anything like that in, in that that you that you have to you know add? Well, when it comes to old games, most people would call on like Doom, Quake, and those like mainstream games. I'm gonna put on a ma- mainstream game, uh, but it was attached to another game. We got a CD for Duke Nukem 3D that came out when Duke Nukem 3D came out. It was it had this this yellow bio this yellow like biohazard yeah, printing yeah. on the CD and it came with a bunch Duke of Nukem. other games in it. And I loved playing Duke Nukem 3D because it was the first game that you could shoot something and it will explode in front of you. And then you could walk around as well and you can you could go into strip clubs. I was too young to be playing this game, but I played it nonetheless. And I just loved it so much. I love playing Duke Nukem. I love shooting things. I love like killing monsters and all of those things. And it came packaged with a bunch of other games. Now, of course, the first two Duke Nukems were on the, the CD as well. And there was this game called Wacky Races. Wacky Races was where you're an animal and you're on a go-kart and you guys are just racing against each other. And I love this game because my, nef- my cousin would come over and we would be playing this game split screen on the same keyboard so we had to split up the keyboard i remember games like that <laughs> yeah and then he would have the controls or the um the arrow keys and then i would have wasd and then we would sorry map up our power-ups and everything else onto onto our side of the keyboard and we would just race split screen for hours you could ride as a gorilla, you could ride as a giraffe, you could ride as different um, animals. You, you have power-ups, you have speed-ups, you have, you have um, uh, yeah, this, this, uh, it's kind of it's Mario Kart. It's Mario Kart, <laughs> but it, it's a cheap Mario Kart, and it was amazing. It was fun. I loved playing it, and I loved playing all the games on that CD, because it came with uh, Wacky Races, came with Duke Nukem 3D, it came with Rise of the Triad, which was a, another first-person shooter game, but this was like a you're fighting the forces of evil type of game. So you run around picking up like crucifix things, and then you get power-ups that like makes your gun shoot out like holy, holy gun, holy weapons and all of that stuff. You just blow up shit, and like it was amazing. I played that game as well, but at the time I didn't have such. We didn't have a lot of money. So we had the CD, so we would install the game from the CD and we would just play those games over and over and over again until my brother made our screen explode on the inside, not on the outside. So we had to get a new screen for the computer. And then my mother was like, no, no one played games. Games is what broke it. And I'm like, no, it's not what broke it. But yeah, that, that was the argument. And those were the games that, if I look back, they all, they were very impactful because they brought the sense of camaraderie. I definitely remember having those arguments with my mom uh, about <laughs> like computers and games. Like they had this paranoia that whenever there was a game on a computer, that it would like magically make the computer have viruses. 
And then it's not the fact that they are like incompetent with emails and open whatever they get. It's to, it's to do with the CD that I put in from a, from a reputable manufacturer. That's where the virus came from. It definitely yeah. didn't come from like all the billions of like smileys and emoji cons and things that you put in your emails. <laughs> <laughs> like you're playing your game, your game runs smooth, and you're like, yeah, this is great. And then you open up Internet Explorer, and it's got like seven hundred toolbars installed, and you're like, no, yeah, exactly, no, <laughs> please. It, could, it can't be me. any one of those. Definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, uh-huh. just to get back onto onto topic, um, you know, about games and stuff. Um, some of the other, just one of the other games that I think fits in very nicely in the same timeline that we're going along now is the, the original FIFA's, uh, specifically for me, FIFA 98, that was like a super, super impactful, like I wasn't even into football really yet. And FIFA 98 was such an awesome game. I don't know why I just enjoyed it. And then I eventually saved up and I bought FIFA 2003. And that game was like leaps and bounds better somehow. It was just so much better. Like the people, it actually looked like people on the field. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> and, and that transition for me was like also something that got me a bit more into games. Just like seeing just like how, how many different games there were and like how many different things there were. So from, from FIFA, I went into... Oh, no, no. Before, before FIFA, uh, there's one other one I have to add. And that's uh, because I had older cousins. One of my older cousins gave me Diablo. Oh. And that was probably one of the best and worst things that could happen to a 12, 11 year old. Um, because, man, that game was awesome. And this was sort of just before Diablo 2 was coming out. So while I was still playing Diablo and like you know, getting butchered <laughs> by the butcher and, you know, all of these things, you know, then Diablo 2 comes out. And I think out of all the games we're going to talk about right now, Diablo 2 has still claimed the most hours of my life. Like, hands down. I have played multiple characters to in the deep 90s. I have played this game through so many times i've landed i've played on the the old battlenet servers i used to i used to be proper addicted to diablo um and the only things that i would play around that same time are like counter-strike a bit of warcraft but then warcraft basically counter-strike age of empires all of these things all got replaced with the one next sort of obsession and that was dota for me dota uh dota consumed almost as much of my life as as Diablo 2. I played online, I played in tournaments, I played at at IRL lands. People in South Africa will know about like organized chaos and and rage and things like that. I would regularly play at the the organized chaos. Um and yeah, it was it was an awesome that was one of the best games. And unfortunately when Diablo okay, when Dota 2 came out, I I just I had I had to, like hadn't played enough anymore and I was in varsity and I was studying and I just never got into it. So I've fallen out of, you know, Dota and like a lot of these games that I played back then, I don't have as much time to play anymore. But uh, Phil, anything that was, you know, more impactful or anything that, that sort of got you deep into gaming and like got you, like where are your, your, your gaming roots at the moment? You know, like what grew you into the gamer you are now? So 
like like how for me it was Diablo 2 and Dota and things like that. What was it for you? For me it was Halo. Halo pulled me into the the gaming, the first person shooter world. And the first time I played the game, I was instantaneously hooked. So at my, my high school, there used to be a little arcade. I call it arcade. Essentially, it was just this dude who had his like house open and you'd go to him. He's got like he had like a bunch of gaming stations. So you'd pay to play for half an hour or so. And then you'll play a game and then, you know, you, you go you go about your business afterwards. Now, it was called Game Zone, and it was right, it was close to my, my school. So, one day I discovered it, and I walked in there with a friend, and I went, yo, what games can we play? And he goes, well, if you want to play a great game, um, I suggest Halo. So, we sat down, it was one of those first Xboxes. He gave us each a controller, and he's like, okay, we could play multiplayer, uh first and then after we play multiplayer if you come here again and you want to play a single player then we can play single player at that point so i'm like okay cool we play the multiplayer and i am just hooked immediately i'm fighting my friends shooting rocket launchers there was a stage called longest which is essentially just one hallway down and one hallway back and that's the stage and the guy's like cool we're gonna play longest but we're gonna play it with rocket launchers I'm like, what? He's like, no other weapons, just rocket launchers. So we are running down this hallway and there's rockets flying anywhere. If it hits anywhere close to you, you just die. So we ended up playing a lot there. I I used to be given money for, so that I can take the taxi home because my house was a little bit away from the, tech, from the school. So I had to take a taxi all the way home. And days I would just go, you know what? I would take that money. I would play some games. And I would go and play. And if I saved up some money, I would go and play for a longer period. And one of these days, I sat down and I started playing Halo. And Halo 1 was just a game that transcended any game that I'd played at that point. It was so broad. The music was amazing. The way you went through the game. The fact that you could play a co-op campaign mode uh, and enjoy the campaign mode because you and your buddy is just fighting all these hordes of, of aliens coming at you and you're fighting for something bigger and there's a story behind everything that is happening and everything came together just in this perfect like soup <laughs> that you would eat and take one sip of and not be like satiated until you have finished your whole soup and i played halo I continued playing it after I made a computer that was specifically able to ride to play Halo. And then I played Halo 2 and Halo 3. And my buddy and I, Rudy, played Halo on legendary mode as well. We would dedicate entire weekends where we would sit down and just play Halo on legendary. And we would struggle through it. And we've made a point of every time a Halo comes out, we would play it on legendary together. But recently, it's been more difficult because, you know, we both have jobs and um, finding that time will be both available and both able to give up an entire weekend to play one game is very difficult. So I have played Halo Infinite and I enjoyed it because the gameplay style of Infinite, Infinite is all about gameplay. The story is, is, is all right. It's good. 
But the gameplay is what brought me back into that world. Because Halo 4 was mediocre. Gameplay and story-wise, mediocre. And then, um, no, no, Halo 4 was alright. Halo 5 was mediocre. And then Halo Infinite came out, and I was like, geez, I enjoy being Master Chief again. And that was what I loved about the game. I was Master Chief, and I was treated as such. You know, I'm going out, killing people, uh, aliens, sometimes people. And I just enjoyed every second of it. Halo is my game. <laughs> and also, the more I think about Game Zone, the, the more I'm like thinking, dude, you sat in this, in this house with this dude who, like, every once in a while, his mom would come out and bring us, like, snacks because I've been sitting there playing with him. It, it was just... It, it's a situation you do not want to find any of your children in. <laughs> you know? These days, that's a pretty dodgy situation, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but but from, from Halo, um, that sort of sci-fi space sort of game... It brings me into, you know, games like Mass Effect. The Mass Effect series is so amazing. The, the I know there was some controversy around the third one, but I don't care. I enjoyed all three. They were they were really good games. I love the storyline. I love the depth of the characters. And in a similar way, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, that game is also so amazing. And the sequel was also so amazing. I got really hooked on both of them. Like, yeah. They they are full of bugs and the turn-based fighting is a little bit annoying, but it's a great game still. And then also uh, a first-person shooter Star Wars game, you know, I played a lot of is Star Wars Battlefront. Um, um, not the new remake game. Um, I'm talking about the original Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Uh, it, it, oh, it, was, it was a very fun game. I used to play it. We used to play that at LANs and then we would basically be like, 10 before we all had proper pcs you'd be like 10 friends and we go rent out like an, an internet cafe and then we would just land at the internet cafe um <laughs> so we would do like weird things like that um and then moving away from that um i just wanted to briefly mention uh, oblivion i didn't really get into most of the older scrolls games but i did somehow fall into oblivion and I really did enjoy it. I unfortunately didn't really get into Skyrim. I know a lot of people say it's like such a great game, but I don't know. It just ah, it it feels like work, man. <laughs> it doesn't it, it it doesn't feel like a game when I play it. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is like people telling me to do stuff the whole time. I'm just like, yo, guys, <laughs> this is not fun anymore. I don't want to like hand pelts and. <laughs> I can do it to like craft. I like, I've 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 got a job. I play games to not work, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I never got really into it. Um, but I did get into the Fallout series. Um, the one that got me really hooked was the the New Vegas Fallout New Vegas. I probably played that the most out of all, like replayed that the most out of all the Fallout's. And I'm still busy playing Fallout Four. <laughs> uh, I used to joke. It took me like four years to find my son. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i mean it, it is a fun him, game yeah yeah i found him but after okay. four years after four real life years <laughs> <laughs> your son's dead dude <laughs> well he was older than me <laughs> spoiler alert if anyone hasn't played fallout like four um and then i also just want to briefly mention um 
games like I don't know if anyone played GTA like on the original PlayStation, like GTA one and two, like that. I mean, obviously people played it because they got sequels, but you know what I mean. Like that game was, it was just a top-down like little pixel block thing that that like shoots little other like pixels, but like your imagination took that game to such a deep place, and then like. You would have pixels chasing you, but because they're a certain color, you know, that's a gang member, that's a different gang, that's a smiley, that's a Zubatsu. Like, that game, I remember playing for hours and hours and hours at my one friend's house in high school. Um, and then uh, Need for Speed as well, same friend, played a lot of PlayStation Need for Speed there, and eventually I played, I, I bought, I think Most Wanted was the one that I played on my PC. Um, Good game. Yeah, it's and the Need for Speed soundtracks also. Like you mentioned, soundtracks oh, yeah. in a game, like oh, good mm-hmm. game. And then I know this is probably like this is not the most masculine game to to talk about, but um, I digged Sims. Like when Sims came out, I was big into Sims, and I even liked Sims too until they started like fleecing for, for like for their uh, expansions. Because I remember paying like half the price of a game and then all you get is like 60 items on a new area <laughs> you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> like it, it was just not worth it uh do you ever play any of those games sims anything like that Elder Scrolls. before we do anything this is a little bit off topic but uh it's not masculine to play sims like oh this <laughs> is a whole it's a whole topic on itself but my outlook on games is if you love a game, you're gonna play a game. Like I'm, I my games that I've played over the past year or so, not like there are a couple of them that just they aren't very masculine. You know, if you look <laughs> at it, you think, ah, oh, it's it's a pretty pretty like like girly game. But I never looked at it like that because if I'm spending time and I'm enjoying myself, who cares, man? It's your game. You're playing it. You enjoying yourself. I had a way of playing Sims, like I would basically log into sandbox mode, then I'd build like yeah. a dopest house, and then I would try and play without cheats to buy that house. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and if anyone's played yeah, if anyone's played Sims 1 or 2, like or specifically Sims 1, it's kind of ridiculously hard to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I set myself up for, for an uphill struggle. <laughs> but you were I saying yeah. Relate. I, I can't relate to that because I, I I have played Sims, but it was like an hour where I played where I was like, oh, this isn't fun. I'm going to go shoot some <laughs> people. <laughs> like if you're looking at older games, Fallout New Vegas, also my favorite out of the whole Fallout series. Great yeah. game. Yeah, Need for Speed game. Most Wanted. Amazing soundtrack. Best Need for Speed game I've ever played. I've tried playing um, racing games after and before and i never came close to that feeling i had while i was playing need for speed most wanted like i've bought need for speed heat and my brother was like buy heat heat is amazing it's just like most wanted and i started playing it and i went you know what maybe i'm just not into racing games anymore yeah so i i just like with need for speed most wanted that was the pinnacle of it for me then yeah, there are and... other games, like games that you play at LANs, which was like Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, where it's a co-op game where you play with um, three other people. You have a team of four. I was always coach because I wanted to be big and black, and that was the end of my reasoning. 
and I would just, we would shoot zombies throughout the entire game. You would have a goal that you need to, you, do, you need to um, reach. So let's say you have to get to a mall. So you get to the mall, and then once you get to the mall, you have to do a, a boss fight sort of thing where tons of zombies come out and tanks come out, and you all have to work together in order to destroy the zombies and in order to defeat the boss. And that was a game that was, you could bring all your friends in, and you would all play it, and you would continue playing it, and it, it was a game that I would still play. Uh, I still play it on and on. Yeah. Now, the only thing I don't like about Left 4 Dead is the, is the cap is like four people. So, yeah. So well, it's like, well, if you just on the off chance got a fifth person there, he doesn't get to play. So that's kind of annoying. Did you play something else? You know, yeah, I mean, no, exactly. who has? Who has more than three friends nowadays? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays, not me. But back in the day, it was very easy to fill like to fill a, a room of like fourteen to sixteen people for for a land. <laughs> we used to play like eight eight to ten aside, like Counter Strike. Like oh yeah, you that know? Was so like we used to play on that pool party map, and then it's just like fucking oh. chaos, dude. It's <laughs> just grenades <laughs> flying, people shooting each other. Every crack has got like a guy camping with a sniper. It's just insane. <laughs> Dust two, man. I used to play on Dust two just constantly on, on Counter Strike. So you're like, I'm just gonna run around with my gun. <laughs> oh, Counter Strike was fun. Before Dota, Counter Strike was yeah, that was like the social game I played because not everyone was into Diablo two. But like, oh, yeah. if if I wasn't playing with other people, I was playing Diablo on my own <laughs> or online mm. or whatever. Like, oh my gosh, I remember coming to your farm and I was like, "Yo, you, we're gonna play Diablo a whole weekend," and and you put us in this little shed where it's like corrugated like walls, and it was so hot in that shed. But we sat down and we played Diablo over there. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's the only place we had power at the time, like that we could put plug that many PCs into. Because on the farm, like it was, it was like really old school, original, uh, back in the day, ESCOM power. So like the yeah. only place where we had proper, like proper rig power was where the air compressor was housed. So we ran extension cables from the air compressor's plug sockets so that we could run all the PCs. <laughs> yeah. oh it was great but, but was later great. on later on we we moved to like my dad had like this little uh old house on the farm that he yeah. that he couldn't really rent out and they didn't have enough cash to fix up to be a, like a rental house so what he did was he sort of made it his like little entertainment area um so there was like these two long couches and this big table and so later on that's like or earlier like we would go and like land at those like when i was in high school and stuff then we would land in that house uh in that building and then we would literally do like 36 hours just straight gaming and then like oh. my mom my mom will rock up you know like the next day or whatever and be like wait a second you guys haven't slept yet <laughs> and then it's like it's just a stench of like gamer sweat <laughs> <laughs> ah, and no one cared because you're playing yeah. your games. Yeah, we oh just my playing. gosh. I wish I still have that kind of stamina where I could play for 36 hours in straight. I can't anymore. Three hours and I'm starting to like get <laughs> tired and my back hurts. <laughs> just, you got that old man back, the old man everything. You're like, how? How did I get this old? <laughs> but yeah, getting back on, on, on games, uh, there was... Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is the best Modern Warfare 2, sorry. 
the best Call of Duty that I have ever played. And the one, the one mission I, I always will remember is where you're in this airport, and as you walk in with this bunch of Russian dudes, they're like, remember, no Russian. And you're like, all right. And then someone gets out of line, and you just end up shooting everyone in the airport. And it, it's been seared into my mind. And also, the, it was one of those um, games where it actually had one of those first-person shooter games that actually had a good story. And I quite, I, I love it so much. And then, I'm going to take you back over here to Oni. Have you ever played Oni? Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. It's a third-person shooter game. It was the first third-person shooter game I ever played. And you are this, du- this chick with this guns, and you're just running around shooting things. And you played it on mouse and keyboard, and it was the very first day I got a foray into third-person shooters and third-person in general games. Because before then, it was just Duke Nukem and Rise of the Triad and Counter-Strike. And if it came to other games like Diablo, it was entirely different from what I was used to playing. And I never played a third-person game before then. And that changed my life because that also opened up the door for other games like Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Um, someone gave that to me on a CD. And you start the game and they tell you you're a Jedi. So you're like, cool, I'm going to cut people down with a lightsaber. No, you are in prison and you need to get out of prison and you just got guns. So for the first part of the game, you, you're playing it as a first person shooter game. And then you get the lightsaber, and, and you're like, cool, now I have a lightsaber. I'm just going to cut everything with a lightsaber. Guns are stupid. <laughs> so you run around with this lightsaber, and you've got all these force powers, and I, I, I loved it so, so, so much. Um, a couple of honorable mentions will be Dragon Age. Dragon Age, I, I enjoyed playing, um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, <laughs> and the first, the first... Assassin's Creed uh, that came out, I could not get a proper version of this game. I had a CD, but the CD would, um, it would install the game and then wouldn't run the game. So I was like, I got a CD. Why the hell can't I play this game? So I had to foray into like wh- how, to, how to build a crack. And I cracked the game by myself. And as soon as I cracked the game by myself, I took that information and put it in a batch file. And I was like, listen, if you can't play the game, run this batch file and you should be able to play it. And that made me able to play Assassin's Creed 1. And I enjoyed that game. Like, I had the CD. You know, I put it in my computer. I, I, had, I think we needed to get something off the internet or something. Something of some sort was stopping me from running the game. So I had to crack it myself, and I, I, was, I was very proud of what I did as an amateur cracker. <laughs> so I, I cracked the game, played the game, and it was one of those games where the walls, all of a sudden, you could climb the walls, you could jump up, you could jump off of everything. It, it, you had so much ability in that game to move around. And it just, it blew my mind that games were able to do that already at this point. I was like, yo, games can't get any better than this. There's no way I would play a game as good as this game. (laughs) But of course I was wrong. (laughs) I was very wrong. (laughs) 
Assassin's Creed was a fun game. I enjoyed that quite a bit as well, but I never got into the series. Like, I know there's like 16 Assassin's Creed games now. So, oh, yeah. but I haven't. One day, maybe I'll I'll start playing through them. But it's unlikely to it's unlikely to be soon. <laughs> yeah, rather play the first ones that are remastered because it becomes very bloated. Yeah, I played the first one. I played the second one, I think, and I think that's roundabout where I stopped playing Assassin's mm. Creed. <laughs> I mean, I played Black Flag, and at that point, everyone wanted to be pirates. Everyone was like, "I will be a pirate," and I was like, "I don't want to be a pirate." And they're like, "Why don't you want to be a pirate?" I'm like, "Because I don't want to be a pirate. Just don't want to be a pirate. I don't like scurvy." <laughs> So yeah. Do you have any other honorable mentions? Oh, um, Rise Son of Rome. Um, when the Xbox One launched, it launched with a game called Rise Son of Rome, and it was for the technology one of the best looking games that has come out. It it holds up, techno um, graphically wise, to today's games. Wait, to games five years ago <laughs> and it was just it was a a single um playthrough game where you can you have a story that you have to run through and there were set pieces in the story as well you were in ancient rome and you were trying to stop the assassination of the emperor and it was it was just good good game beautiful looking but you can only play it once that's the issue with that game once you finish playing it there's there's literally no reason to go back and play it another round. And that's, that was, uh, I love that game. I, I also own it on, on computer now. And I've played through half of it. <laughs> so on, on my side, honorable mentions. Uh, you mentioned Pokemon. Um, that was also on Game Boy. That's like, you know, one of the classics. I played too many hours of Pokemon. Uh, also on Game Boy, I played Harvest Moon. Uh, I think it's Friends of Mineral Town. I used to play that game on Game Boy so much. It's such a fun game. It's very relaxing. I don't know. It suits my my mind, and <clears throat> it's gonna it's gonna tie in a little bit later because obviously, uh, I think on both of our lists we're gonna have a certain game that's like basically a spiritual sequel to Harvest Moon, and then. Um, yeah, we've jumped around a lot in terms of our timeline of games, but the discussion is just sort of things that, that you know, we were just sort of having memories here, being a bit nostalgic on, like, things that we used to play, games that we enjoyed. Um, like, if I think of, uh, I mentioned in the beginning, Croc. Croc was, like, it, it was, if I think look at it now, it's, like, such a silly game, but, like, having, you know, this sort of semi-3D platformer, you know, like the the Mario games and things like that, it was so fun, and I just happened to get Croc. Like that was the one I got, and it was it was a lot of fun. And Commander Keen, I think that's one of the games that sort of set up my my like for games like um, these 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 eight bit style games or things like like blocky games like Minecraft. Uh, Commander Keen has that sort of obviously DOS aesthetic, um, but the storyline was so cool and was like so many like little tricks and things and i was so young and stupid at the game so when i replayed it later on i was like oh my word i can't believe i didn't couldn't figure all these things out but i was just i could barely read and i was playing these games you know so <laughs> uh, it was it was it was fun times and then i don't know other honorable mentions in my lists. uh 
I think I've actually gone through everything. The only other thing I want to add is Legacy of Goku. I played a lot of Legacy of Goku as a child uh, on Game Boy. And then Sid Meier's Golf. Uh, so most people were playing Sid Meier's Civilizations. Uh, but I was playing Sid Meier's Golf because I just got a kick out of it. Like, you could cheat in the game without, like, cheating. Because you could change, like, the elevation of the golf course while other people were playing it. So the guy you're playing against, he'll, like, hit a shot. And then I'll just be like, oh, no, look at you. You just hit into a, into a hill. Now your ball's rolling all the way back to where you started. And then when it's my turn again, I'm just like, boom, where'd that hill go? Hey, there's no hill. I'll just hit straight. <laughs> so... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the uh, Sid Meier's Golf as a kid a lot, but I didn't play it properly. I just <laughs> fucked around. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that there's a Sid Meier's Golf game. I've never heard of this game, and, and I did. I, he, he created Civilization. Civilization is one of the best games I've ever played. And it's all about building civilizations. Yep. And to know that he came up with a game <laughs> that is so different from it, it 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 does. I, I, um, it's, it's, it doesn't. If you ever get the chance, it's it's worth the fifty bucks. It's probably gonna cost. Uh, <laughs> it's a good game. Sid Meier's Golf. I, yep. I just oh, whoa whoa. Yep. And I, played, <laughs> I, I got that game. I think my brother actually got that game in like a, a, a pack of four games and one of them was uh some steam uh, sit by a steam park i think it's like oh, a, a it's like a theme park I world know theme, park. theme park world or something like that and then that came yeah. with with this game and then with the 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 golf game and something else i think it was those three together i, I mean it's very long ago my memory's a bit hazy you know wait but yeah did myers made all those theme games no not all of them like the oh, like, tycoon see the tycoon ones is is a different i think a different yeah no game. no i'm talking about like theme hospital and theme i don't park think no no and, I, I i don't think no. it, it's not the same as the theme theme park he did one that that was like a, a theme park one but it's not the theme park the, uh, the, the you know like theme hospital theme park theme i don't yeah. think so I mean, I, I could be, I could be undercorrect. People are welcome to correct me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Get in the comments. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I think that brings us to, to present day. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What do you got? Whoa. What you got? Whoa. What you got? <laughs> I, as, as you were talking about previous games, I just want to mention Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, it yeah. was amazing. I played it on my keyboard and uh, my keyboard like permanently got the A, Z and S and X button just got permanently like, uh, how do I put it, faded because of that game. And, and of course, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. I played one Tomb Raider game and you have to fight this dinosaur. So this T-Rex comes out of nowhere and you're like, I've got these two little pea shooters. I would have killed this, this dinosaur. And I broke three keyboards on that game. Not, not by throwing it against the wall, but by trying to get past this dinosaur, I broke three keyboards. And those keyboards are never coming back. They are permanently broken. And that was my Tomb Raider experience. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And then latest Tomb Raiders I haven't played. Um, I stopped 
where they went to Atlantis. There was one of them where they went to Atlantis or they went into a tomb or what they did all of those things. (laughs) But Tomb Raider was a game that broke my keyboard and it was it was horrible. And yeah, I'm in the modern game I think I'm gonna bring up my obsession with with these other games that that I just I still love all so much. You know, and with the exception of Unreal Tournament (laughs) three. Unreal Tournament 3 was a first-person shooter game that came out a long time ago. And it was a game that has a very dear spot in my heart. Because my nephew was... Um, I was teaching him how to game. And Unreal Tournament was a relatively old game at that point. So I taught him how to um, shoot people with on Unreal Tournament. And when we first played... It was a LAN game where my team would take on another team and he'd be on my team. And then he, he started getting better. And then he was like, we could be on different teams. And then he got better and better and much better than me at the game. And then I had to ask him to be on my team so that I wouldn't lose as much. <laughs> but it was, I bought him a computer specifically so that he can play that game. And he enjoyed that game. I enjoyed the game. It's just, these are, it's a great game. Unreal Tournament 3, I think it still holds up. I think there are a couple of mods you can run to make the game look better. But for me, I would play that game just for nostalgia. Just nostalgia. So, yeah. <clears throat> that's that, that's uh, all I wanted to say. It's all she wrote for past games. Awesome. Okay, so the people who are still with us after we've had this super chaotic uh introduction and jumping around and talking about so many different games um as you can probably tell we have both spent a considerable amount of time playing games uh in our past (laughs) and it just it's kind of obvious that when you play that much games in your past as a child you're likely to continue playing games (laughs) which both of us have done so, um, the games that I'm sort of presently playing, um, um, I still play Fallout, like I said, every now and then, but it's not something that I play super often. Um, as some of you might know, if you've checked out our streams, Phil and I play Path of Exile. So, I like it a lot because it's like it's like Diablo 2 with new content and a like updated sort of you know graphics and um I like the the improved skill tree um the the passive skill tree that they use and their their spell system is uh, is a really cool uh interesting spell system so I've really enjoyed that and I've enjoyed the fact that finally I've got friends you know, joining me playing this game and I'm not playing online with randoms <laughs> So, yeah, Phil, um, before I get into the rest of my list, uh, anything that you want to jump out, jump in here with? Uh, present games? Mm, present games. All I have to say is my scope of present games will be within a five-year area. So anything I've played in the last five years that has been very impactful um, on how I play games and how I, what games I like right now, so it's going to be as as vast as the eyes can see because there are a couple of games that just does not fit with other games. Um, and I have reasons why I would play um, a specific game um, at a specific time. And I would I have to say that 
timing really has a lot to do with it. When you, uh, when you are playing games and you love playing games, you love immersing yourself in these different worlds, you could have a game arrive at just the right time. And that time is the right time for you to play this game. For example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw on this game again, but I have to say The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 I played fully when, I, when we had our lockdown for, um, for uh, COVID. So COVID happened, we had a lockdown, everyone was stuck at home for two weeks, and in those two weeks, I played The Witcher 3, and I finished The Witcher 3, and I, I enjoyed playing it. I'm going to come back to that because um, of how present, presently I'm playing diff- the same game again. But The Witcher 3 came at just the right time. And other games as well, they come at just the right time for me. Then I know in a mindset to actually enjoy the game and love the game and immerse myself in the world. That's, that's what I take from, from games nowadays. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, list a few games, which I'm pretty sure are also on your present list, so we can just get them out of the way. Um, so I know you're obviously playing Path of Exile with me. I know you play Age of Empires 2, because we're all playing the remastered version. Uh, a couple of us you know, play that every now and then. Um, one of the oh i don't know if i want to go there just yet so yeah minecraft obviously if you listen to our previous <laughs> episode you know that we we play a lot of minecraft um, <laughs> and currently we we are waiting for for the 1.20 so that's why we're playing path of exile on the stream is because 1.20 isn't here yet and we don't want to like start a new world that's not 1.20 um and then I've also got on my list here, you know, I still currently play Pokemon games. Um, so Pokemon is actually on my past, present, and future lists because the 10-year-old in me can't let go of how awesome Pokemon was and is. So, And I'm still hoping that one day Nintendo is going to, you know, just do the right thing. But we'll get to that in the future games. Um, another game that I'm currently playing again uh, is the South Park Stick of Truth and uh, the, the South Park, uh, what's it, Fractured Butthole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very good game. Um, it, it, not like for gameplay or anything, just, but just because I'm a South Park fan, I like the jokes, I like the characters, I like the way they worked it in and how it like sort of ties into the stuff that was happening in the series. Um, and then Red Dead Redemption, well, specifically Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, what a good game. I'm still busy playing through my second playthrough now. Uh, it's, it's such a fun game. I love the fact, like, the, the uh, free feel that you have in the game where you sort of can just ride off in a different, in a direction, or ride off in another direction, or, like, do these, like, little, it feels like these spontaneous events are happening on the road, and it's, it's really well done. Um, I actually prefer it to to GTA. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, that's basically the ones I think we're gonna have in in common right off the top. Um, anything you want to add to those to those games uh, before I jump into the one that I know we're gonna talk about for a while? Oh well, of course I would prefer GTA Five is on my list as well. It's a game that I'm probably gonna bring to the stream at some point, 
but I'm going to employ the chaos mod because then it's just insanity happening all the time. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, when I played it, I had acquired an Xbox One um, for a discount from someone. And they mailed me the Xbox One and it arrived at my work, so I had to carry it home. And when I when I started playing, I was like, great, I'm going to play some Red Dead Redemption. And the game just sucked me in. And as soon as it sucked me in, I was like, geez, I am a, um, a, a cowboy riding around just doing cowboy things. And it reminded me of a game that I played a long time ago called Gun. And Gun was also a cowboy game. And I think it got a sequel, Gun Revolver. And then Red Dead Redemption was a spiritual sequel of that game. And then Red Dead Redemption 2 was a prequel that was a sequel to Red Dead, which was a spiritual sequel. And I, I didn't know this, 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 this game had this type of um, uh, history to it. So when I played Red Dead Redemption 2, I thought, geez, this is amazing. I'm a cowboy. I'm going to run around. And then I got sucked into the story. And getting sucked into the story is one of the reasons I love playing games. And I've only played it once. I haven't, I'm planning to play it again. But not yet. I'm not yet ready to take on Red Dead Redemption 2 yet. That, that game was, was riveting. There's that one, one scene where you're coming back from the island and you're riding on your horse back to the camp. And that song starts playing, that unshaken song. Unshaken. And like, as I'm riding back, I'm like, geez, I've been through a lot of shit, dude. As a character, I've been through a lot of shit. And this song just kind of brings everything together. And I am going to talk about music in this section. So yeah, back to you. <laughs> All right. So this is probably going to tie in music as well. And this is where I wanted to go with Harvest Moon earlier is... I'm I've I played a lot of different Harvest Moon games and I only mentioned Friends of Mineral Town because that was sort of the one I played the most and it's it's one of my favorite ones. And while uh, I was sort of getting that itch again to play, you know, a Harvest Moon type game, and I was scratching around and I was like trying to see what can I find that's sort of similar. And then I saw that there was this sort of argument over the split of the ownership of harvest moon or something and the harvest moon name rights went one way and the the developers went another way and so the sequel to harvest moon is actually story of seasons and and when i tried to play it both neither game was was what i remembered so i started scratching around the internet and then there was this uh, indie game that popped up called stardew valley so I started playing Stardew Valley in its very, very early days. Then, probably in like 2017 or so, I saw it was on Steam. So I purchased it on Steam and I started playing again. And <laughs> this game, before I go any further, probably needs some sort of disclaimer or warning attached to it. Because it is <laughs> possibly one of the most addictive games I've ever played. Um, just in terms of like one more minute, one more, oh, I'll play for five, oh, I'll play for, t- I'll play for, uh, and the next thing it's like, oh, are those, is that the sun rising outside? <laughs> what, what yeah. did I just, did I just, oh, so by the time I introduced Phil to this game, 
I had something like 170 hours played. <laughs> so, so, Phil, what do you think of Stardew Valley? Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Uh, Stardew Valley has sucked a lot of time out of my life. Like, within, I, I, when I, when Mark introduced me to this game, like, he first told me, no, Stardew Valley is a great game and I really like playing it. You should get it. You should play it. And then I went, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And I, I didn't give much thought to it. And then one day it was on sale on Steam and I was like, Mark really likes this game. Maybe I should download it and see what all the fuss is about. And as soon as I downloaded it, I, I started playing it. And uh, you're just farming. You're farming. You run a farm. You grow like vegetables. You, you grow fruits. It's, it's amazing. And you, you can get some animals in as well. You know, it, it, it's a good, it's a wholesome game that entirely sucks everything out of your life. Like you, you get home, you don't make food. You're like, I'm, a, I'm playing some Stardew Valley. I'll eat in game. So then you eat in game and then you feel like you are full because you ate in game. And then, you know, eight hours later, you're like, damn. I should probably sleep because I have work in the morning. And, and you, you think it's only going to happen once. But when I started playing it, I just immediately got sucked in. And for like two weeks or so, three weeks, I don't know how many weeks, I got like minimal sleep. I would go to work with minimal sleep and I, I would just, I would, I, would, I would come home, play some Stardew Valley, go back to work, come back, play some Stardew Valley go back to work and that's the cycle I went through for like three weeks and um, my friends started telling me that they, they don't see me anymore and I was like, I'm playing Stardew Valley. And they're like, dude, seriously, that's too much Stardew Valley. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. But they were right. They were right. It was too much Stardew Valley. <laughs> that music, the music of the game just kind of pulls you in and then you end up dancing while you're listening to the music and you're enjoying all the music. And that music has permeated my entire life. Like, if, I'm, if I have an art class that I need to do, I put on music. Now everyone does that music when we, when we are in an art class. So I would just walk in and just hear music, Stardew Valley music playing all over the place. And apparently it's calming. And it makes kids get more focused in on what they are doing. So, yeah, Stardew, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley music. That's actually it's an interesting, interesting little segue, but that's why gameplay music is chosen. It's to boost, to keep you in the game. Um, what I wanted to yeah. actually mention earlier when you were talking about music is that's also one of the reasons why I love the Fallout franchise so much is mm. they've got on those radio stations such good oh, yeah. music, such good songs. You know, it's the Wanderer. It's the one. <laughs> I love that stuff, man. You know, like the six shooter on his hip. <laughs> oh, that shit is, it's so good, man. That shit, it's it, it's sick. It's such good songs, man. I will sit please, and I'll please, be like, please. I will have, I will just have my character just standing in Fallout while I'm like cleaning my house. You know? <laughs> uh, please, please, stop singing. <laughs> just, just, you keep reminding me of all the times I told you not to sing. <laughs> oh, I, I, I cannot sing. That's why I only do one or two words at a time. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I basically got into all the guys on my list now. So 
Oh, I want to talk about music still. Um, okay, talk about music. Let's go. If there's a game that you need to play for its music, it's Neo Automata. Neo Automata has the best soundtrack I've ever heard on a game. You can just put that soundtrack on in the background and you'll just have a sense of... I'm getting goosebumps talking about the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack was so good, they had concerts. They would have concerts where live people would come to a concert wall and the the guys who, who did the music would perform the music live in a concert hall. And there are videos of this and I can't watch all of the videos on YouTube because it's copyrighted and Square Enix would rather sell you CDs of their concerts where they are playing this music from the game. It's just the music tied in with the whole game and the whole feel of the game. You were these robots that were on Earth and it's thousands of years in the future. So humans are, are, are uh, there, but they're all on the moon. So the whole world is just robots. But it's it's a different kind of robot. Some robots have um, gained a little bit of, um, uh, how do I put it, uh, consciousness. So they've started thinking for themselves. Um, other robots you can see are more trapped by their programming. Other robots are trying to entirely break free from their, their, um, their construct that they have. Trying to be something else. Trying to act as something else. The whole game is ridiculous. So you want you play this game. The music that's playing draws you entirely into the game. Um, the music swells at the right time or at the wrong time, and the game requires like five playthroughs. After you finish the game, you have to start the game again, and then you play through it a little bit different from the second, the first time that you played through it. Then when you finish the game again, because the first two storylines. Um, they converge and then they end at the same spot. Then you start the game again to play through a third time. And then after you finish a third time, you have to play the game again for the fourth time. After the fourth time, you play it again. <laughs> and then you can get to the true ending of the game. It's it's a game with so many layers because it's a... Um, at times, it's a, a bullet storm game where you just have a whole bunch of bullets flying at you and you're shooting it. Like, uh, um, not Contra, um, that game where you shoot the aliens with your little ship. Um, oh, Space Invaders, are... Space Invaders. Space Invaders, yeah. But it's like Space Invaders on crack. And then at other times, it's just a normal hack and slash game. At other times, it's a hacking game where you hack certain things. And overall, it's just got a beautiful storyline. It's amazing. I Neo Tamata is a game that I would recommend. To anyone, if they're looking for a good game to play and a game to immerse yourself in um, when you want to play it. And the storyline just grips you and the music takes you away. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> just yeah to that's a really music. cool game. Um, I actually want to talk about um, uh, um, part of that, like the replayability of a game and just like a game having a lot of content. Um, in my present games, I had I have got Diablo 3 on, on the list. And... It was such a disappointing game for me because of of my history with Diablo 1 and then Diablo 2 and then playing Diablo 2 for like 13 years while waiting for Diablo 3, ordering it on pre-release. And then basically the only part of the game that was actually finished was the first act. So 
it was it was very disappointing um for for how it came out and then luckily path of exile was there to sort of fill that gap in my mind diablo 3 now as it currently stands with the seeds and passes and a bit of like late game content is a better game than when it launched in uh, 2013 or whenever it was but <clears throat> to me it i almost lost interest and then with the the, the hyper uh, uh micro transactions and sort of super commercialization of diablo immortal i was very worried um about diablo 4 and i think this is sort of where i'm going to move into the future future games if that's cool with you yeah i'm, I'm gonna mention some games anyway. okay yeah <laughs> yeah so diablo so diablo 4 i have slowly from being super skeptical i'm now at the point of like just beyond just beyond neutral like i think there's a good chance it's going to be a good game the developers seem to have listened. I don't see any. It seems that there's still going to be no microtransactions in the game. It looks like at least pay-to-win features. Um, there'll, there'll probably be cosmetic type things and things like that. And storage maybe. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. Um, but visually and story-wise, it feels very good. It feels like it's going to be a big game all the stuff that's coming out from from ign and from diablo themselves and it's it's looking like a really good game and then if they drop the ball path of exile is waiting with path of exile 2 so i think either way there's going to be a really nice uh rpg for me to play at some point soon um so yeah those are the two games that i'm sort of watching at the moment and eagerly anticipating um, that haven't released yet. And then in the same vein, I kind of want to put Minecraft down here as well because obviously we're waiting for the updates. Um, and then I wanted to just ask, is there anything that you're still hoping for from Minecraft in the future updates? Like any features that you'd, you'd like to still see? Um, currently, there's nothing that I'm looking forward to. With the exception of that, what has been um, announced on Minecraft. And as you yeah. can tell on our previous podcast, there are certain things that was enough to warrant an update by itself. So I'm yeah. happy that that's coming to the game. And I would like to play the game with all these new features and, you know, deal, deal with uh, all of that <laughs> when Minecraft yeah. comes out. I pretty much agree, dude. Like, I want to see Minecraft carrying on the same trajectory they're carrying on. Like, actually, other games could probably take a look at my at Minecraft and see, like, why don't we do a bit more of that kind of stuff? Because yeah. I think they've got it right, especially on this latest update, and in terms of like the long longevity of the the game, um, it's really awesome. Strangely enough. Strangely enough, another game that took that approach was Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley yeah. would only update when it had something big to add to the game. Stardew Valley is also is also only one guy developing it on his own. Yeah, but he makes sure everything is done before he releases it. So like there was they were talking about like the one point five update, I think it's what it's on right now, which introduced yeah. Ginger Island and all of yeah. those things. And everyone's like, yo, when is the new the new um, update coming and he's like it'll come when it's when done. it's done yeah but i like it as well because what's so nice about it is when i stopped i think in 2017 ginger island and that stuff wasn't there anymore wasn't there yeah. yet 
So when I started playing again, there was like this whole new like aspect of, of Stardew Valley for me to enjoy. So that was very nice. And yeah, I, I will probably be playing Stardew Valley for the indefinite future. Every time there's an update, I'll probably stop play again. Um, and I, I've, I mean, I was playing the other day. So it's, like, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to stop. I, that, that's something that I know. It's a lifetime that's a lifetime addiction. <laughs> yeah, but Stardew Valley has that, that replayability. Like, yeah, because there's so much more yeah. you can do. And yeah, you can like, always do things better. <laughs> exactly. Like, there, are, there are certain games I would constantly replay. Like, as I said earlier, The Witcher. I, the Witcher 3, I restarted playing it last year. I think in November or December, I started playing it again. And because I haven't had so much time to... Um, invest into the game i wasn't off for two weeks i am still playing the witcher 3 <laughs> and i've finally gotten through the whole story that the witcher has and what i loved about the game was even though i have played it before the game still has a way of making things new every choice matters every area feels lived in so you go through the world and you come across this village that is just filled with pigs and and there's just pigs in the village and one dude who's sitting there going, yo, what's up? And then you find out that something happened and the whole village, all the villagers got turned into pigs. So you try and solve that issue and it's so different from the game where you are fighting the wild hunt who threatens to like freeze over the entire world and there's these, there's the whole place that has been turned into pigs. But it's... The, the game also runs by itself. If you don't do certain things, things still happen in the background. So you can go to like Skellige like Island. That. You can go to Skellige Island and you can go and help them decide who's going to be the next king. Or you could not. You could just decide, nah, I'm going to skip that whole thing and go with the main story. And then you find out that despite the fact that you did not have any influence over there, things still happen. And things happen differently from how it would have been if you had changed things there in that certain place. And also certain villages, if you if you read a distress call from a village and you pitch up too late, whole village is massacred. It's just filled with a whole bunch of ghouls and you're like, ah, I came too late. And um, I, there was one point where I condemned an elderly couple because they were taking human bodies after they were attacked by wolves and then eating the human bodies because they didn't have food to eat. So I was like, nah, dude, that's messed up. So I killed them. And then I came back, and the whole place was overrun with ghouls. And Geralt just says, fitting. As you walk in, he sees the ghouls, and he's like, fitting. <laughs> that's it. One word, and you understand that your choices did have an impact in this area. And that's what I love about my games nowadays, except for my my guilty pleasure, which is uh, Far Cry. I I love Far Cry, and I cannot explain why I love this franchise so much. It's, I just love it. I own all the games. I play it every once in a while, and I don't know how to stop. I, I need help. I need help with Far Cry. The games aren't that good. Far Cry 3 was great. Far Cry 4 was good. Uh, Far Cry 5 was was alright. Uh, Far Cry 6, I haven't played yet. Waiting for the right time. But I know I'm going to get stuck in that game again. And I 
I can't help myself, okay? I like Far Cry. <laughs> I love it a lot. <laughs> yeah, Far Cry never never hooked me. Uh, so yeah. Um at the risk of great controversy, um the next game, Hogwarts Legacy, um despite all the online like bullies and trolls and stuff like that, I don't really care. Um, I read the books as a kid. I feel like this is a really cool uh, Hogwarts game, like Harry Potter game. It's not even actually Harry Potter. It's, it's just Hogwarts. Um, and it looks really cool from what I've seen on, on YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm still keen to play it. Unfortunately, it's not available on PlayStation 4 yet. And my PC sucks. So I have not, I'm not in a position to play it yet. Uh, how about you, Philly? I am in a position to play it. But I'm still playing The Witcher. <laughs> so, so I've been trying to like put as much time into The Witcher. But I, you, you only have so much time, like when you are actually working as well, and you've got time yeah. on the weekends, and you're like, cool, I've got some time on the weekends, so I could play some some Witcher. So I'm gonna try and finish The Witcher off as soon as I possibly can because I Hogwarts Legacy is I love the Harry Potter world. I don't like Harry Potter, <laughs> hot take, but um, I I love the world and how it was, was set up. So I would love to get immersed in that world and play some Hogwarts Legacy. And as soon as I do, I'm going to be streaming it because this is one of those games where I'm just going to play through it normally first time. Um, and the first time with any game, you don't play through with any intention to get a certain type of ending um, with... The Witcher 3, I already knew, okay, I want this type of ending. And because I played through the game already, I knew that I had to say and do certain things. But I'm not hampered by that by Hogwarts Legacy. Because I'm not watching any YouTube videos. I'm not watching any streams. And I want to stream it myself. And quite frankly, I think it is wrong that people have the same outset, uh, same mindset as me. Who's like, I want to play in this world where I'm a wizard and I'm able to do magic are getting so much hate from other people <clears throat> and trolls and people are trying to hurt hurt them just because they chose to play the game. Yeah, and I mean, especially especially considering it's from a movement that's like whole motto is like acceptance and anti yeah. <laughs> Why Why would you not accept? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah. We, we want to make sure that no one gets bullied for being different. It's like, I would play Hogwarts Legacy. You are the worst person in the world. It's like, how how does these things don't add up? One plus one does not equal 72. Please, please. <laughs> so I want to play it. And I have not been playing it because of The Witcher. And quite frankly, I thought I'd be done with The Witcher by now. But I'm not. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, besides for that, any other games that you're looking forward to? Oh, okay. I remember you sent me a trailer pretty recently. Okay. Before we get to that trailer, I want to talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man Spider was a game that came to PC last year. And I told my brother, because my brother has a PS4. He now has a PS5 and a 4K TV. Dude is boiling in the money. So he's got Spider-Man and he, um, he played Spider-Man. And he told me, dude, when you can play spider-man and i went cool when i come back to um home 
then I'm going to take your piece to your um, Xbox, not Xbox, PS4. And I'm going to ask you to um, have it for a weekend. And then I'm going to play Spider-Man for three weeks. And he went, but a weekend isn't three weeks. And my response was, I know what I said. I'm going to play Spider-Man <laughs> for four weeks. <laughs> so then he came out on PC and I started playing it on PC. And it was exactly what I wanted it to be. You are Spider-Man. You, the, you are Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things in the Spider-Man world, fighting Spider-Man villains while changing your suit to a different kind of Spider-Man so you can Spider-Man better while looking like a different Spider-Man. Ugh, it's a great game. <laughs> I enjoyed every second of it. I, I think I, I streamed a little bit for you where I was just running around going, I'm Spider-Man, I'm Spider-Man. Yep. Just fighting people going, I'm a good Spider-Man, I'm a great Spider-Man. And it was, I loved it. I loved it so much. And because I pre-ordered it, I got all of the DLC for free. And I was like, yay, I'm going to be Spider-Man for a little bit longer. But now the second Spider-Man move game is coming out. I didn't play Miles Morales because... You're going to be paying $60 for a game that gives you essentially 10 hours of gameplay. And I don't want 10 hours of gameplay from my game. I want more if I'm spending $60 on it. So I didn't play Miles Morales. But Spider-Man 2 is coming out. And as I can see, Spider-Man is in it. Miles Morales is in it. And the first trailer or the trailers that they released show that Venom is in it as well. And it's such a great take on Spider-Man's world because you don't you don't start the game as Peter Parker learning to be Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man already at the beginning of the game. They pulled the same formula that they did with um, Batman, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City and Arkham Knight where you are already the hero and you are just playing in its world. So you get a couple yeah. of upgrades that you get but... These are upgrades that you could do without because, you know, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man is already yeah. enough, but we'll give you webs that spray everywhere and we'll give you all of these different things. So I'm looking forward yeah. to Spider-Man 2 and looking forward to being Spider-Man again. And the other game I'm looking forward to is The Witcher 4, which is the next Witcher game. CD Projekt Red did a great job and I just want to see what happens in the future. The game has just been announced. They haven't released anything about the story. It'll probably follow Suri. Um, and I don't mind it. But it could follow Geralt. Because witches live like. For a very long time. <laughs> Without dying. Um, and the trailer I sent you. Was for a game called. Black Myth Wukong. And it's essentially an RPG. That was announced. Four years ago. And. They've been working on this RPG that is based on the Journey to the West story. The story of, well, Son Goku. <laughs> DBZ, Dragon Ball Z, is a retelling of the Journey to the West story. But it follows this, this monkey king who has to um, take this monk all the way back to where the gods lived because the gods had cursed the um, Son Goku, uh, Son Wukong. <laughs> Um, and Sun Wukong has abilities and he's also a, you know, he's a monkey king. So he can transform into any animal that he could see or interact with. So he can change into any animal and he's, he's a, he's a great fighter. 
So the journey to the West story is essentially their story where he's taking this guy back to um, back to where the monk needs to be. And this whole journey is his form of atonement for the gods. Where the gods will be like, cool, we will grant you the ability to, like, we'll just grant you life again. But you need to undergo these trials. And the story is probably going to be something different. But it's, that's the baseline that it has for the story. And it's made in China. And they pay in as much detail to um, the Chinese folklore surrounding this story. So it's it's gonna give you an insight into Chinese folklore and into into the world that that they have created in myth. And uh, to end it on a light note, there's another game. It's called Squirrel with a Gun. Uh, it's a game where you're a squirrel and you have a gun. So that's a game. You're a squirrel. That's with awesome. A gun. <laughs> it sounds it sounds it sounds like it could compete with Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I I suspect it will. Any okay, games you, you are looking forward to? Um, I've already mentioned pretty much everything I'm looking forward to, but there's one thing I do want to add here, and this doesn't really fit into any category because it's unlikely to probably ever exist. Um, and that's what I mentioned earlier about Pokemon and Nintendo doing the right thing. Yeah. Because I want a Pokemon open world game. Now, a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, they are Pokemon open world, but like, they aren't. Like, no. so no. what I want is a game where you are a 10 year old or 11 year old or 12 year old or like whatever fucking age you need to be. And you just start out with a Pokemon. Like, I feel like it should be a small random pool of Pokemon that you can pick, not like the, the popular starters. You got to get like a freaking Poliwag or something in the beginning, right? Not like. Not like a, a Squirtle or a Charmander or something like that. You, you get like like something more common in the world. And then you just start. Yeah, Bellsprout. Whatever, dude. Like, you pick your starting area and then some RNG or whatever and answer some questions or whatever. However they want to do it, you get a Pokemon. And then you start out as a trainer and you run around from town to town like what Ash did. He just set out from his hometown, mission to the next town, check what's going on there. And then what I want is this world to be populated by the, the, the players. So you see a bunch of other trainer, trainers missioning around, like an MMORPG. And then I want one last aspect of this is that the, the trainers and the gyms and things like that should also be user-generated. So once you've achieved a certain amount of things, you're allowed to be a... A rock like if you've caught like 50 rock pokemon or done something you get to be a rock gym member or whatever and then as soon as you achieve a certain rank you can be a gym leader and then by, by a regular user beating you you give them their badge and that way there's this feeling of like uh, real people and this feeling of like being actually immersed in the world of pokemon and i feel like that's what's missing and i know people have done sort of pokemon clones and things like that but i'd like an officially nintendo licensed pokemon game that works like this that would be an ultimate for me and i know yeah. we've spoken about this before so you'll feel free to add your your two to ten cents or whatever it's gonna be <laughs> well i mean the only only thing i would add to that would be that each region gets its own love or its own type of server. So you have oh, yeah, yeah, region yeah. Where, 100%. where you only have Kanto Pokemon. And if you want to go to a different region, then 
you have other people populating this region and yeah you can migrate to a new server you can migrate yeah. to a new server and you can bring your pokemon from kanto with you or from johto back to kanto or whatever yeah but in kanto it's only kanto yes so you would have like in the pokemon anime you would have all of the pokemon in kanto in kanto so if you want a different type of pokemon then you're gonna have to fly over to hoenn and then go and catch Pokemon in Hoenn. So if you want like the perfect group of Pokemon, then then you would have to go to certain places. And with legendary Pokemon, there's only one. So there's only one Mewtwo. There's only one Moltres. There's only one Articuno. There's only one Zapdos. And if you want that Pokemon, you are going to have to take on the person who has that Pokemon. So you're like, listen, I want your Moltres. Let's fight for the Moltres. You know, then he has to play you, and if he accepts, but not if he accepts, it's just if someone catches you, then they should be able to challenge you for that. I would rather it be that legendaries aren't something that you can have in your team. Like, I don't think, oh, like, yeah. for the purpose, like, you can do, like, uh, like raid events, like, on, like, what, what WoW does and stuff like that, where yeah. it's the Moltres, it's the Moltres raid. And then everyone gets together and fights, you know, Moltres together with their Pokemon or whatever, like in an MMO, you know, raid type setting. Or goes like this season is Zapdos, and everyone gets together and tries to fight Zapdos or whatever. Like that, that I feel like you could that that's a better way I feel like of into of, yeah. of uh, introducing the legendaries because there's always going to feel that be that feeling of like FOMO, like because that's one of the issues with Pokemon. It's like in the Game Boy games, you couldn't get, like, in the original ones, you couldn't get Mew unless you attended a Nintendo-sanctioned event and got the, the Mew Pass. Yeah. So, so like, for the majority of the world, that, that's just not possible. So, instead of instead of actually owning the Pokemon, you if you beat them at a raid, then you get a um, Pokemon Index to it. Because yeah, usually exactly. you only get a Pokemon entry, uh, entry on your Pokedex, if you catch a Pokemon. So you yeah, all yeah. go together. You fight this raid. That'll be much better. Because yeah. it would lead down to someone. Like some tryhard. Is going to go around and catch all of these like legendary Pokemon. And then he's going to be like cool. I'm just going to log off now. And no one's ever going to be able to get it again. So rather have a raid. I agree with you. Rather have a raid. I, I'm on board. Um, where yeah. no one can. I've catch given this. I've Pokemon. given this so much thought, man. If Nintendo <laughs> wants to reach out, like holy shit, or Pokemon <laughs> Company, or whoever, like whoever it is. The issue is, like we know, there's a lot of people who are interested in starting something like this, or are like-minded to us. And the issue is, we have to get everyone in. So you you have to the set the game immediately has to be populated with a bunch of people. Uh, or you can have NPCs as gym leaders and then have people work their way up to the that um, gym leader role. Um, so I don't know how it's going to happen. But you know what, Nintendo? We can spitball it. Right? Dude, dude how, how quickly how quickly do you think people speedrun to be the favorite kind of gym leader that they want to be? Ah, like, yes, uh, how, how, yes. how many days do you think of gameplay it's going to take you to catch enough uh, fire Pokemon so that you can be a fire leader? Like... You know, it, it's it's not even going to be a day. <laughs> yeah, whereas, whereas I just want to be a Charizard owner and live in Charizardic Valley, surrounded by Charizards, 
Just just doing Charizardy stuff. <laughs> That's all I want to do. And the game needs to allow me to go and live somewhere away from everyone else, off the beaten trail, and fly some Charizards. <laughs> oh, um, there are a couple of games I, I didn't mention. I just want to mention two of them because they're weird. Um, one of them is Euro Truck Simulator. You, you ride a truck. You deliver goods. You pick up goods. You deliver it. And and then you pick up more goods, and then you deliver it. And then if you have enough money, you buy a new truck, and then you hire someone. So that, so that you are two people delivering goods, and picking up stuff, and delivering goods. And what I love about this game is that they, they update the world. So you are driving through actual streets in Germany, actual streets in, like, Italy. And you are just driving as a truck. However... Last time I played it, I took off the truck inhibitor. So the inhibitor stops the truck from going too fast. And then I took off all traffic violations. And then I just rode down the highway at like 160 kilometers with like flammable objects on my truck. And I'm just going gunning for it. And it was it was great. I love it. And the other weird game I love is Power Wash Simulator. It is satisfying. Power Wash Simulator yes. is very cool. I've 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 never played it, but I've seen the game, and I can I can understand. It's like we it's like weed shop for me. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just clean. You clean something, and you're like ah, oh, so satisfied to see it clean. And then you go and clean something else, and that's a game that was recently released um um out of early access, and I think I had it before it was released, and I was just. There was, there was a time in my work where I was, it was a very tough time. I was struggling and I was trying to deal with a lot of things. And I came home, I played some Power Wash Simulator and it just helped me calm and center myself. It's that kind of game. Just satisfying. Satisfying game. <laughs> yeah. So, whew, that's it. What I basically took away from from all of the, like from the whole conversation today and everything is like, firstly, I, 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 in the beginning, I kind of felt like it was stacked to the past. Like this, I felt like there were just so many better games in the past than there are now. But while we've had the conversation, it's it's not quite that the games were maybe better back then. It's just that um it, they were maybe more novel like a lot of the concepts hadn't come out because a lot of the things that we're super excited about now are things that have unique takes on things or have unique stories it's the the novelty the 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 uniqueness the the you haven't seen this before kind of aspect of a game that makes you sort of excited to it for it um at least like that that's 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 what what i'm taking away a little bit here and i mean i don't know if that's because you know, some games are sold as like one-off pieces of art and then other games are being sold as like a, a, a perpetual service, you know, like servers and subscriptions and passes and things like that. I don't know if that's part of what, what takes that enjoyment out of it or or if it's like if games are being over-monetized, maybe. I don't know, like, because with the big budget and the big income and these big company comes these, these you know, massive overly done works of art. But a lot of the time when they release, they don't even feel finished. So, yeah. I don't know. What's your take on that? I I have to... I agree with you. Um, 
And the games that I choose to play are games that I know I'm going to immerse myself in and a game that I'm going to play for quite some time in the foreseeable future. Um, with The Witcher, I knew that. I just want to add, it's probably because you, you only have, it's also because we only have a limited amount of time to play games now. So you have to be very, you don't have the time to like, oh, I'm going to put like 20 hours into a game and just to, to realize it's shit. Yeah. So I'd, I'd much rather, like when I buy a game now, I used to, I used to buy like every game that I wanted, so to speak. And then I realized at some point um, that I can't just be playing all of these games. I can't have all of these games and then never play them. You know, I've got Batman Arkham City Game of the Year Edition, which I've never played. I've got Gotham Knights, which I bought when it was released, which I haven't played yet. Um, I also have other games like um, Orcs Must Die 3. I enjoyed Orcs Must Die 2, but I never played it satisfactory i haven't found the right time to play it yet but gaming also comes down to me to that timing where you know you're you you have a certain mindset and you feel a certain way so you jump into a game and you yeah. know that this is going to be the, the the game that i'm going to play for my foreseeable future and even if i don't play games all that often like let's say at some point i decide cool i want to go out i want to do this i want to do that um, it's always something that, that I identify as. I identify as a gamer and I like playing certain games. And if I'm going to be paying a high amount for a game, I want to make sure it's worth my time. Um, yeah, dude, were, exactly. Yeah. And my time is, is, is limited. I can't play games all the time. You know, I have to work mm. so that I can get money. So I can play those games. <laughs> exactly. It's like this horror. It's this horrible cycle. Like we, you take for granted so badly when you're a child and like you have so few responsibilities and you get to play so many games and stuff. Man, I wish I'd appreciated it more. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says that, <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed myself when I was a child. It's just, you know, when I was a child, I played outside. I couldn't be playing games inside instead of playing outside, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to play cricket in the street. I'm going to go and play Diablo. <laughs> Wait, Diablo Straight wasn't up. out then. <laughs> but it was, you look back at your childhood and you see all the free time you had. And I, I just, I love stories. I love going through a story. I love reading I love, that's also something I can't do as often because either I'm, it's just reading and, yeah. So I love getting involved in different stories. I love seeing how a story plays out. And in a game, you have input to that story. You, t you tell the story of how things are going to turn out, how things are, are, are going to change for either the better or the worse. And it's something that in your life, you generally don't feel like you are running the show. <laughs> when you're working, you know, you have a boss, the boss is running the show, but the boss isn't running the show because the boss has a boss and that boss has a boss as well. I think that brings us to the, I think that brings us to the end of this one. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything else I really want to add. And I think we've touched on all the topics and mm. Yeah. Guess join us next week. Check us out when we stream on Saturdays. Uh, 
And if you want to comment or give an input, please do so. Uh, I know this this podcast or this episode was a little bit chaotic, but it was just a lot of uh, information and subject matter to cover. So maybe we'll do a, a deep dive into some of these games if people are interested. Um, yeah, and that's all from me. Yeah, that's all from me so, too. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>